You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Wednesday, November 11th, and yesterday we got word on the Steelers' COVID situation. We'll give you all the updates there, but it's not just me doing this. We've got our friend Dean Pietro from Channel 11 WPXI in Pittsburgh. We'll talk about... Uh, we'll talk about that, that update in the first segment. Then we'll j- dip into some coaching t- talk in the second segment. Then finally, we'll get to talking about this playoff situation because the NFL did confirm what they want to do with this 16-team playoff. We'll get you all the details right here on today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I like to watch this season when I'm going over game footage to see how TJ Watt gets a lot of his sacks. When I do, I like to drink a nice cold Pepsi. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through your game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and uh, today we've got our special friend and guest, Dean I. Pietro from Channel 11 WPXI here in Pittsburgh. Dean, how you been, my man? I am doing just fine. I am not on the COVID reserve list, so I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm, technically, I'm on the COVID reserve list for Channel 11. because I, I You are, yeah. You did some traveling, so unfortunately, we can't let you in the building right now. But uh, those, are all the, those are the policies, and, and uh, we're sticking to it, man. Nobody wants the Rona. <laughs> well, no, no one wants the Rona. And, and hey, listen, I made my bed, so I'm going to have to lie in it. But uh, rest assured that, you know, I'm not going to – Blink because my eyelids have been cut off, and uh, you know just all just all the all the time is there. Uh, but uh, let, okay, so let's get into what our actual topic is. This is Dean. You guys know us. We're having a good time, but we got to talk about some serious news. And I told you guys this was going to happen yesterday, but when Vance McDonald tested positive on Monday, or well, the results were revealed on Monday. Truly, the test came from Sunday, but we knew there his close contacts. Anyone that was within it was you know, within the protocols of him being too close to him for too long a period was going to have to go into quarantine. And those players were named Tuesday morning. And so those players were linebacker Vince Williams, running back Jalen Samuels, offensive tackle Gerald Hawkins, and the big one, Ben Roethlisberger. (sighs) And Twitter lit asunder. It was just like, oh, God, we're going to die. Everyone's going to die. No! Uh, But – (laughs) <laughs> I, think, I don't think it's as big a deal because of these guys that like you know Vince Williams outside of Cam Hayward he's the longest tenured guy on on defense if there's one guy that you need to just that, that can you can plug and play at the end of the week he's one of them um Gerald Hawkins he's your sixth offensive lineman I don't think it's that big a deal um Jalen Samuels, 
they're not using him anyways. And it's Ben Roethlisberger's offense. This is the offense. And I think, honestly, after the beating he took on Sunday, this might be a good thing for him to have to have the week off and then just come in on Saturday. No one's going to be talking about his knees this week, are they? <laughs> no one's going to talk about the left knee that we knew about and the right knee that we didn't. huh? No <laughs> one's going to be talking about that. And he's going to get the rest that he needs no matter what. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean there's anything nefarious going on by any means. Um, I understand his locker is next to Vance McDonald, if, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So this is not a surprise by any means. Um, so I'm, I'm not too concerned. I mean, Vance, uh, it, from what I'm hearing, is probably asymptomatic. I think this is all really precautionary and, and the right thing to do. And, of course, you know, Pittsburgh, as it will, will be in a tizzy for a few days here. But I think come Saturday, he's going to be back in the building and he's going to play on Sunday. But – he doesn't let's say he doesn't or let's say his knee is still banged up possible right Mm -hmm. who do you play i know who i'd play who you play josh dobbs whoa hot take central over here without question i saw enough in a short series if mason rudolph comes in after that fumble recovery and just Boom, 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 touchdown. Mason, it's your job, buddy. But you know what? He was tentative in just one small sample. I'm not seeing it. I'd give Josh Jobs a chance. I'd give him a shot. I, I mean, I feel like – I felt like Josh Jobs wasn't that far behind Mason Rudolph for, for a while. I thought that Mason Rudolph earned the job in the camp previous year, but then as we saw last year – it wasn't all that. Um, the biggest thing I think that the Steelers have to do if they're going to use Josh Job is to let him use his legs in a more judicious fashion because just having him randomly use his legs, that's a little different. But, but you know, Josh Dobbs is, is good, was good in college because he was mobile. And when you add the, the balance of that threat of him being mobile and, be, and being able to throw the ball, that's when he was at his, at his best. Um, and, and to be fair, we've had very small sample sizes of Josh Dobbs in regular season games. He threw yes. one pass against the Ravens, and then he played for, like, what, a quarter against the, the Raiders last year – two years ago? Was it last year, two mm-hmm. years ago? Yeah, yeah. two years ago. Yeah. But, but, you know, that's, that's it. That's all we've seen from Dobbs in the regular season. So it's like – you know, and he was bad against the Raiders. The one pass against the Ravens was really good. Um, but it's just I, – I don't know. I mean, I think at that point – Again, this is going to come down to the defense is going to have to win games, and right. the offense is going to have to. I think you incorporate more of those jet sweeps, man. You know, you know, use use some of that creativity that they that they've shown early on. Um, but I think the thing here to remember for people is that this, you know, some people I've seen some people say, well, the Steelers weren't being too careful, weren't being careful. Mm. Well, the Steelers are no. <laughs> yeah, the, on top of the fact that the Steelers did you know, test Vance McDonald every day and they were, they were getting negative tests. So they thought they were being precautionary right now. They're making sure that everyone, if you go into the weight room, there's staggered times to make sure that the weight room doesn't get crowded. Uh, they're not meeting in person unless it's for full practice. All, all meetings are now virtual. So like they are taking all the extra steps necessary to be, to, to be able to execute and practice this week while also protecting each other. Yeah, let's not forget, they were in the intensive protocol last week yeah. because of the Marlon Humphrey test. So they were already being distanced a decent bit. 
Um, now, the Steelers did do everything right. I have no criticism of the Steelers and how they handled it, how they handled Vince McDonald, the fact that he went. I have no criticism of that because all of that falls under league policy. I think it might be time for the league policy to be altered a little bit. We, we are in the season of cold, flu, everything else. But now we've seen twice now with Marlon Humphrey and with Vance McDonald, someone who's got a cold, who's got symptoms, tests negative, later tests positive. I'm sorry, but if you're sick, you're out. You're done. You're gone. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, I don't care if you're Russell Wilson. You're out. Done. And I think the NFL is, has the ability to make that change because we've seen twice now where those, those tests weren't reliable enough. And what happened to same-day testing being available? If they're tested on Sunday, what good is it unless they have the results before the game? There is no use to testing on Sunday unless they have those results. And that, so that's absolutely ridiculous that the NFL would be allowing for that to happen. I thought it was supposed to be same day. But then, you know, Vance tests on Sunday, gets it on Monday. Marlon Humphrey tests on Sunday, gets it on well, – what's, what's up with that? It's a good so the NFL has to figure that out. Or they're going to run into some problems as we go because cases are spiking across the country, everywhere – and now it's bleeding into NFL teams. The teams aren't doing anything wrong within the NFL policy, but the policy might need to be altered. I think that the, the, the policy needs to be considered more, but uh, at the end of the day, I think that you still have that test, even if you don't get it right back before the game, you get it after the game and they announce it Monday morning. Um, that to me it's still at least you do the test because then Monday immediately how the Steelers have done this week, you're into quarantine. All right, let's, let's take all the precautions. You're a step ahead of it than you would be if you did it on Monday. But no, but, but Chris, you're on the field then you, you've got guys on the field True. that day. Okay. Now there's been no evidence of a transmission during a game to it to an opposing team, mm-hmm. but are you going to wait for that? Are you going to wait for that to happen before you change something? Well, I, I get, I get what you're saying here, but it's obvious. I think that, what might be happening is that it is coming in on the same day, but just not before the game. And I think Again, useless. It's, it's got to be something that's tangible. If they're going to test, otherwise just say our Saturday test is the baseline for Sunday. Then say that. Okay. If you're tested on Saturday, we get that result Sunday. That's our base, but they're making this big deal. Like we test on game day, like it means something. The well, NFL, it, it doesn't. Again, I think I think you're mixing things up here. I don't think that this is the, the test on Sunday is to stop you from playing on Sunday. It's that if you just ha- if we didn't catch you on Saturday, which is the test that'll get you ready that will allow you to play Sunday, we didn't catch you then, and we do catch you Sunday, like they have with Marlon Humphrey and like they have with Vance McDonald. But they didn't catch them. They did catch them once the test came back. Now again, my point, Dean, hear me out. I'm not saying <laughs> the Sunday test is to stop them from playing Sunday. This, that's what the Saturday test is for. It didn't work those times, so they didn't catch them. But those Sunday tests did immediately alert the teams so that in this new week that they're getting ready for, they don't have to wait till Wednesday before they say, oh, crap, this team can't, uh, you know, we, we have to shut everything down because this guy's been here for three days. No, they, they as soon as Monday morning starts, hey, you, stay home, go somewhere else, do, do whatever you do, and we got to do deep cleaning, and we got to start all the process. All I'm saying is that it gives them the jump start to the week. The, the Sunday test is obviously not about the game itself, and I don't think – uh, it sounds like there, there's not any way to help with that other than to keep testing on Saturdays 
and see if you can hopefully catch a guy at that point? There is a way. Um, first of all, the NFL has an image problem and a PR problem then because they are touting saying we're getting tested on Sunday as like that means something for Sunday. Mm-hmm. And if, if it's not going to, they need to be very transparent about that. Secondly, I had a COVID test. Mm-hmm. I woke up one morning with a sore throat. Okay. I went down to Med Express and I got a COVID test. I got a rapid test and I got the PCR test and the rapid test came back negative. And then they sent the PCR test and it came back negative as well. But I had a result immediately. So there's tests out there that give you some degree of immediate result, And if that's what you're giving your players on Sunday, you are getting immediate results. 15 minutes is what it was. So that's out there. They, I'm sure the NFL could have access to that. Well, why no, don't I, they? I mean, why don't I'm saying why don't they? They've they've done everything they're they've said it's supposed to do. I'm thinking they should change that because you're obviously we've had a few instances. Are you going to wait until a whole team gets infected after playing a game on Sunday when they shouldn't have been on the field? I, I, again, Dean, maybe, but I, I, maybe there's a here's the thing we don't know about the accuracy of different tests per se, like the numbers and say I've gotten tested for COVID and the tests that I got it took two days to come back. And yeah, that I, was the PCR test. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, and there's, there's, there's the rapid tests, but you know, mm-hmm. you know, I think that there's certain tests that have proven not to be as accurate over time. And, you know, and, and that goes into the agreements that they have. I mean, I, at the end of the day, still like, you know, the Steelers, they have UPMCs looking over their stuff. It's not, it's not just the NFL. Like they, they're getting help with those protocols. Nar- Narduzzi talks about it on the pit beat all the time. Listen, I got to talk about that with him, uh, you know, a, a lot too, but you know, they're the ones often drawing up this kind of stuff. And it's not, it's not just the NFL. It's them doing what they can to get this done as fast as possible. I just, mm-hmm. I just, I, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not saying the NFL doesn't need to fix things. It's the NFL. They always got stuff that they should fix. They got the money to do. They should be able to do whatever they can. All I'm saying is that I think that the same day testing, when they say same day, I think it comes back in the evening after the game. But it's, I do agree that they should come up with, there should be in, in a way to try and get it, catch someone before the game. But if you're testing someone on Saturday, and they're testing negative going into into game day, uh, you know it's it's tough. It's, it, again, this is this the situation we're in. There's no easy answer. There's no easy fix to what this what this world is right now. Uh, if there there's was, not, it's not full. It's not foolproof, and yeah. it wouldn't be foolproof. Right. I just think it's better. I think it's an improvement they could make, and that they would be remiss at this point in a time where the numbers of cases across the country are growing at the rate they are of, of not doing that. They, I think, they need to take even more steps than they have and be willing to adjust their policy. But the Steelers, I think, have done everything right. I think Ben will play on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I, I, would be, I would be surprised if anyone else came up COVID positive, to be truthful. Um, that would be surprising to me, given how careful they are and how diligent they are. This, this team has shown that it is diligent about this. And Vance was diligent about it. I mean, he made a point too. Yeah. He was trying every which oh, way yeah. to protect himself, which is, again – why it's important for everyone to still do with everything they can to protect themselves. Cause even a guy who made a point to, to, to protect himself still caught, you know, tested positive for it. So right. everyone, Hey, if you're at home, please take care, take care of yourself, wear your mask, wash mm-hmm. your hands, take, be, be, be aware of what you're touching, how close you are, who you're touching, all those types of things. You never know, even, even if it doesn't hurt you that much, it might hurt someone else that you pass it on to. Um, and uh, or it might put your starting quarterback into a five-day quarantine. Uh, <laughs> with that, we have to go to the first break. When we come back, we'll be talking more about 
some of the things going on with decision makings. I heard me and Tony go talk about this yesterday on the show. Dean's going to weigh in on it, but we'll talk about that after the break. First, we have to talk to our friends at Axon. Protecting my family is my number one priority, but I want to do it safely. The people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protective devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or purse, yet they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry unnecessary risk for you and those around you, and even pepper spray can harm you as much as an attacker, and it's often ineffective. But Taser products are safer and easy to use. They use an electrical charge with that to immobilize your attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and emergency dispatch, which will send response teams to your GPS location upon firing. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with the Taser network of devices, apps, and personnel. Protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart self-defense products. Taser is available without a permit in most of the United States. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code NFL. That's taser.com with promo code NFL. You'll save 15% now. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, with Dean Iampietro from Channel 11 WPXI. Now, Dean, you wanted to talk more about the the Tomlin discussion that's been going on, especially mm-hmm. revolving around the field goal discussion. Now, guys, bear with us, because Tony and I talked about this a lot yesterday. And I did forget to put up the poll in the Facebook group. I was supposed to put up a poll where people voted what they thought should have, should have happened. Um, but, Dean, I wanted to get your weighing in on it because you've often been a person that is, goes to the forefront of the conversation about which – about tight decisions late in games and all the things leading into them. I think this speaks to the overall – part of it speaks to the overall approach that some people errantly – have towards Mike Tomlin Mm -hmm. and here's how I'm going to set a scene for you Chris Mm -hmm. okay bear with me on this one it's the Super Bowl Steelers are playing the Seahawks Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson with four minutes left in the game Ben Roethlisberger throws a touchdown pass Steelers are up by two scores Ben gets hurt on that play he's out he's done four minutes left in the game Mm -hmm. Seahawks get the ball. They drive down the field. They score with Mm -hmm. just under two minutes left. They have all of their timeouts. Seahawks try an onside kick. Steelers recover it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now Mason Rudolph comes in. Under two minutes left. Even though Seahawks have three timeouts, you're running the ball, right? Right. You're going to run the ball. You're going to try to run the clock. They're going to call their timeouts. So you've only bled about 26 seconds and you've gained about five yards. You're at the 41-yard line. Now, you've had a bad day on special teams. Jordan Berry dropped a punt. He had a punt blocked. Chris Boswell injured his ribs tackling somebody on a kickoff, so his ribs are sore. He's missed two extra points on the day. You're at the 41-yard line. There's a minute 25 left. It's fourth and five. 
in the Super Bowl and you're up by one score, Seattle needs a touchdown to win the game. What do you do? Well, um, you're scared about the special teams. I trust my defense there because uh, I'm going to go on a random branch here and I'm going to say that are you basically re-simulating Super Bowl 10 with that right there? I sure am. Well, Chuck see, I know Noel how you think, sir. Get out of here with that. It. Chuck Knoll went for it, handed the ball off, and yep. they didn't get it. Yep. He gave the ball to Roger Staubach, yep. 60 yards yep. in a minute 20 yep. with the Super Bowl on the line. Yep. And it took an interception in the end zone on the yep. very last play of the game to win that Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Did people crucify Chuck Knoll? Chuck Knoll's the greatest of all time, right? Yep. Okay. Mike Tomlin had a reason for his decision. Mm -hmm. Now, we can all sit here and say we'd kick the field goal, but that dude was jumping over the pile, and he was getting in Boswell's face. You want to block field goal going back for a touchdown and answer for that? I don't think Mike Tomlin was living in his fears. I think he was making a smart decision. Yeah. And, and counting on his defense to make the right one. But this, you know, to say, oh, Tomlin's a horrible coach, he does Chuck Knoll did it in a Super Bowl, guys. Yep. In a Super that. Bowl. I brought this up yesterday, too. Um, and, again, if you listen to Mike Wagner, the Steelers' safety at the time, he said, oh, what the heck? This doesn't make any sense. And he said, oh, what the heck? This is great. He just said, I believe in you. And that's what Tomlin did. He said, offense, I believe in you to get it done. And, hey, if they don't, defense, I believe in you to make it stand. And what happened? The defense made it stand. I mean, he, bet, he made uh, – his bet – hinged on two different things. Whereas with special teams, you're betting on a group that in this game, not the, not the Cowboys, but in this game, there was, again, there was a blocked extra point, a missed extra point, a punt return that went a long ways, and a kick return that went a long ways. You wanted to give your special teams another chance to have something wacky happen? Because, again, it wasn't like they were necessarily bad. It, like Oladini, he fell down in, in his lane, and that was just a slip-up. It wasn't like, oh – he was lazy. No, he just slipped and fell at the wrong time, and they went up, went up the right sideline. Um, you know, Chris Boswell, he shanked, he shanked an extra point, but then he hit a 59-yard field goal, the longest in franchise history. You know, it was just – it was one of those weird games that just happens in the NFL to every single team. Um, and, it's fourth and one. For, I mean, you've got to get it. you got to – and again, it gets – Okay, you've got to get that. In the NFL. <laughs> no, yeah. You have to get that yard. So, that's on the offense. But – for people to come down on Tomlin, mm -hmm. it's like, uh, to me, it's people that look for an excuse to come down on Mike Tomlin. Yep. And I've never been of the opinion mm -hmm. that Mike Tomlin is an elite coach because he had, doesn't have the Lombardis, plural, mm -hmm. to show for it. But you can't argue with a guy who's never had a losing season, man. And you cannot argue that. Right. He's not just Marty Schottenheimer. He's won the big one. Yeah, he has. And he's been to it twice. Mm -hmm. He took a team with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph to 8-8. Eight and eight. Yep. Yeah, the collapse was, was a shame. But, I mean, he got more out of that team than I think anybody else would have. Everyone's always like, fire Tom when he's terrible. Really? Really? Who are you going to hire? Who are you going to put in there? Who are you going to put in there that's better? Mike Tomlin is the right guy for the Steelers. And I'm glad that the Steelers don't listen to the knee-jerk reaction of fan bases like other 
organizations do. You don't want to be the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, okay. That stuff. You know, you, so Mike Tomlin made the decision you didn't like, and maybe on the surface it looked bad because they, but I tell you what, they pick up that yard. You didn't think it twice about it. You ain't thinking twice about it. They, oh, man. You say, oh, man, that's a great call right there. That's gutsy right there. And again, it, right. It, this, this is my problem. How is it living in one's fears to believe in your offense? And yeah, he that's said, not. Special yeah. Teams, our special teams didn't work. But to be honest, you put the special teams out there, even if you make the field goal, it doesn't guarantee you a win. Nope. It makes it harder for them to. If they get, if they get that first down, win, game over, ball game. There's no way There's mm-hmm. no way the Cowboys win. They make the right. field goal, still a chance they can go down the field, get a, get a two-point goal. And if you don't get – and here's the thing. If you, if, you, if you don't get the field goal or if you get the field goal, they're still in it. If you get the one yard against the NFL's worst rushing defense you, – Game you, over. It's ball game. You can, you, can run, you can kneel the clock out. And if you yeah. don't get it, you still give them a longer field to have to go down against one of the NFL's best defenses – and, and when and what happened? They got down to the end zone, and they, the defense stood tall. And that's again five drives in the past three games where an offense late in the fourth quarter had a chance to score a touchdown to take the lead, and the Steelers' defense forced a turnover on downs. Mm-hmm. And remember, Chuck Knoll did it. Mm-hmm. So before you go criticizing Tomlin, and he did it in a Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, uh, you know, it was it was one of the gutsier moves. I think in a long in a, in a history of the NFL often gets overlooked. So great, great points by there, uh, there by you, Dean. Um, we're gonna we're gonna throw it to a break. We come back. We got more Steelers stuff to talk about here. But first, we got to talk to our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar is great for the health conscious person and helps someone lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat during the day. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, but high-protein and high-fiber, and they're great for a keto diet. Instead of, of when you're tired and hungry at work and you need a boost to get through the day, instead of going to the vending machine and getting those cupcakes, or those Pop-Tarts, or those potato chips, get something healthy like a Built Bar. It'll fill you up, taste great, and get you through the rest of your day with the energy that you need. And Built Bar comes in 18 amazing different flavors. Six of those new, fla- new flavors are Caramel Brownie. Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. You can get all those flavors by going to their website right now at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, with Dean Pietro of WPXI Channel 11 here in Pittsburgh. Dean, we got to talk about this. Uh, we, 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 I talked about this last week when it was first announced, but the NFL officially approved of being able to uh, – of the, the contingency plan. Not that it will happen, but that it can happen. That if a critical playoff game has to be – or a game that would decide – that would help decide the standings of the playoffs – if, if one of those got canceled at some point this season, that they would mo- agree to move to a 16-team playoff where each conference would get eight teams in it and uh, the one, there would be no teams with bye weeks. And I've already made my case on this show about this, and I can, I'll be free to do so again, but I wanted to get your opinions on this. Do you think this is a legitimate plan, and, uh, or do you find any merits or any, uh, any major problems? 
Yen's trying to find ways to screw them stellars again out of that bye week. Man, of all the – look, I understand why baseball did it. They shortened their season. I understand why hockey did it. They stopped their midseason, and they didn't have an even number of games played. Had they had an even number of games played, they should have just gone with their format. There's no reason to add one more mediocre, probably sub-500 team into the mix of the playoffs just to trip up a number one seed, possibly. Okay, if you have to add a week on to the NFL, a week 18, for some teams to complete their games, some teams are already getting a bye anyway in that yeah. scenario. Yeah. Not fair, but, okay, that's the world we live in. I get that. But to take away the incentive, they already took away the incentive for a bye week for only having one team have it mm. instead of two. And now it's just gone? Like, what if the number one seed is one of the teams that had a game canceled, has to play in week 18, then the number one seed doesn't get any bye whatsoever, but some other teams do? Yeah. That's absolutely absurd. Leave it as it is. Some teams just aren't going to make the playoffs because you know why? They're just not good enough. Yeah. Leave it as it is. Find your contingencies for extending your weeks if you need to. Hopefully they won't need to. Knock on wood. We've gotten through nine weeks with only some scheduled juggling. Mm -hmm. But there's no need. They could – they could push the Super Bowl back as far as they need to. Yeah, they have, and they've booked out Raymond James Stadium for the Super Bowl, and the hotel's needed for it, as, as far as I understand, all the way back to April. Right. So there's no need to add a playoff team. Why? Because it's going to be un, a little unfair to someone on the fringe. Guess what? If you're on the fringe, win your damn games. Yeah. And then you'll get in the playoffs. Earn your way in. Just yep. too much gifting and allowing everyone to have. It's like a participation trophy, for God's sake. Well, no, you said the two words. Why'd you bring up participation trophies? Well, yes. Ah, this is getting back to that James Harrison debate that happened years ago. I do think this: the NFL are, are, is one of is the most is the most fun playoff format in professional sports. Between mm -hmm. Stanley Cup, NBA, MLB. It's it's the NFL. One win, you do, one one loss, you out. That, that that's all it takes. And it's the best of the best being there. You know, and that's my biggest problem with both the NBA and the NHL is there's too many damn teams that that that, that are in there. And you know what? In basketball and hockey, I get it. You could play multiple times a week. You want longer series and things like that. But it's just like in the NFL, it's your four division winners, and then the two teams that were pretty good but probably just had a great team ahead of them in their division. That makes a lot of sense. Now you got three teams, and, and I, I, was, I was a little skeptical about this three-team thing. But Oh, yeah. I didn't, like, I didn't really like that either, to be honest. I mean, I'm, again, old enough to remember when they, you know, when they had one – when they added that second wild-card team. I was – that's when I started watching football, and it was, it was a big to-do when they went to 16 games and they added a playoff team. And it's actually fun back then because the you couldn't play a team in your division right. until the championship game. 
So they would alter schedules based on that. Otherwise, the Steelers would have played the Oilers in the divisional round in 78. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. They ended up playing uh, Denver. But that there's just too much now, and it becomes watered down. And it's just not – It's it's you've got to be the best of the best to make the playoffs, yeah. okay? You know, like even look at your own fantasy leagues, right? True. You know, I mean, everyone's on their playoff push now. Chris is trying to figure it out on the Fantasy Football Insider sponsored by Cali U, which you can see Wednesday night at 8 o'clock on WPXI now. Here's so the that you can That you can get your playoff push on. I'm in a league. One league has eight teams out of 12 make the playoffs. I'm like, why? Why? What's the point? Why is what's that's ridiculous? I'm in a couple others where it's four and it's like, oh man, you got to be good. Yeah, you got to be real good. Mm. You know, um, and one with six where the top two get a buy. I like that one actually the best. That's but, my favorite. It, when, you, yeah. when you have six teams, two teams get a buy. Yeah, four teams do get out. I, I, I like that. Right, and it allows for two teams that aren't division winners to get in. And you've got to be the best of those teams. You've got to be the best. You've got to be at your best. Now you can just be, be hovering around eight and eight all the time and still be in the playoff hunt. Now, some people might think that's more exciting because like, but even how excited are you if your team's eight and eight going to the playoffs and, and you're going to, to Seattle? <laughs> yeah, yeah, No. Okay. You're going to get, get chances are 99% of the time you're going to get your butt handed to you in the playoffs. That's exciting for you. Mm-hmm. You just want to say you made the playoffs? What? What? Who cares? No, I'm with you on that. And the, and the problem with that is, again, with entertainment value. Because how many times already with the wild card teams, with six teams, did, were, were people bored with Chiefs versus Titans back in the day or Titans versus Colts and, or Titans right. versus Texans or last year, Bills versus Texans? And just games, you know, Seahawks versus Eagles last year. Now the, but the thing is, again, at the end of the day, it's about the money. Because that's that Eagles versus Seahawks game that sucked last year, over 30 million people watched it. That's mm-hmm. money in the bank. It's money, and I get the money talks. I understand it. But it's not necessarily best for the game. And this addition and this contingency does nothing but screw them stellars out of that number one seed by. <laughs> I, I do think that it would be something that the Steelers should have a word with the NFL about because it's like, look – we, we didn't do anything wrong when you moved her by. Tomlin's on the committee. Yeah, I don't get it. And, and maybe Tomlin's looking at it like, hey, you know what? We pull this off, then it makes us an even a, a, even more legendary team because you stripped us of our bye week, you, and then you stripped us of the bye, well, of the first bye week that we that we had the right to. Then mm-hmm. you stripped us of the second bye week that we earned. And again, that's if they earn it, you know, if they right, earn it. right, yeah, they have to get there. But um, but I mean, to be again, to be honest, this is what I said to Tony. If if it get if they do this, if they take away the the this last the the, you know, the the bye week, what's the point of finishing as the one seed? No, there's no point to it outside of home field, home field advantage on two versus one. If you if you get that far, if if, if both of you get that, that's the thing. If if both yeah. of you get that far, I mean, because right. because it's like okay, well then screw it. If there's no bye week, you know what? When I get to twelve wins and I clinch my division, I'm not playing yep. anybody. I'm just gonna cruising the rest of yeah. my guy. Exactly. And then, and then you're going to have boring regular season games because no one's going to pay to watch Devlin Hodges play against, you know, uh, Rod, Robert Griffin III. That's what happened last year, and that was boring. Um, so. Um, Leave well enough alone, NFL. Leave yeah, well yeah. enough alone. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think that they need to just let the playoff system work as it is and be, and be fine moving forward. But that's our takes. 
He's Dean IPHR. I'm Chris Carter. Thanks so much, Dean, for coming on the show. Hey, please, as always, let people know where they can find more of you and more of your work. I am at I am Dean 16 on Twitter. And you find my work on WPXI where I'm producing and you'll never see my face. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. He's the guy in the, in the earpiece yelling at us, at us, cut, wrap the segment, wrap the segment. Um, I, I do love yelling at Chris in particular. Well, he doesn't yell at me much. <laughs> I, he yells at, he yells at Albie Oxenrider. That's, that's what, that, that's what he'd be doing. Um, I'd actually take a lot of joy in that. <laughs> <laughs> See, you see how maniacal his laugh is? Anyways, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. You can find my work at DKPittsburghSports.com um, where I'm the, the pit beat writer, but I also write about the Steelers there too. Um, and uh, you can also, of course, subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are hosted. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Stitcher all the major podcasting apps. Um, also, also, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Doing show really helps out the show and lets people know what we're doing there. Thanks again for listening. Be back in ears tomorrow for some crossover Thursday.